This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. It is not working. He's done the work. He is our rest. He is our Sabbath. We rest because we've been set free. Our conscience. How can you be so happy? Because I am set free. My sins are forgiven me and I stand before God righteous because of His Son, Jesus Christ. Because He, for His blood, He made the sacrifice. He died for me. He paid for my sins. And when He pays for sins, all it is good. Because not only He forgives all your sins, but He doesn't remember them. So I'm good. This culture has ingrained in everyone that we must look out for number one. Everything we have is because of what we've done for ourselves. While this may be partially true in some scenarios, it's not true when it comes to mankind's soul salvation. That alone is Jesus, His death, His blood that covers our sin. Pastor Eddie encourages you and I to rest in that today. Stop spinning your hamster wheel. You can't do your way into the redemption of Jesus. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of Hebrews chapter 10. As he continues his message, Christ's sacrifice once for all. He knew that Jesus, the heart of his ministry is prayer. And Jesus gives him the instruction when you pray, pray like this. Our Father on heaven. But if you really, and I, I encourage you for devotion, read John chapter 17. That is the actual prayer of Jesus praying to the Father. But in that prayer, he's also praying for you. You are mentioned in that prayer. John chapter 17, read it. It's beautiful. But this is what Jesus prayed about sanctification. In John chapter 17, verses 18 and 19, he says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. Speaking of the disciples, the apostles. And for their sake, I sanctified myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth. It's all through Christ, not anything you have done. So we have been sanctified through cross. We continue on to be sanctified as believers in Christ. We're sanctified, separated from sin, set apart to God once and for all with the sacrifice of Jesus. You want to know you're right with God? Repent (laughs) and come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and stay there. Stay and follow Jesus. Change the way you think. Change the way you live, the way you talk. Let the Holy Spirit, it's not an overnight process, but the Holy Spirit's working in you, sanctifying you, making you more and more like Jesus. I need it every day. I pray for conviction all the time. Have I achieved it? Like Paul said, no. All the things I have done is rubbish. All through Jesus Christ. Now in verses 11 through 18, it speaks about Christ's death, perfect sanctification. Verse 11, it says, And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sin. It's like, you know, repeating something that really has no end result. Just being obedient. Every priest from Aaron 
the first priest in the Aaronic priesthood from Aaron in Exodus to the very last priest, whether they're priests, there were 80 priests at one time, and then there's a high priest, to the high priest when the temple was destroyed in 70 AD, all these priests and high priests, every day they repeated the same thing. Every day they had to sacrifice for themselves. The priests had to sacrifice, make a sacrifice for themselves every day. But for the nation, once a year, the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies and sacrifice for the nation. And every day, they were going to the holy place, not the Holy of Holies, the first part of the tabernacle, and they'll light the menorah, and they were told to do this day and night. The menorah had to be lit at all times. The incense on the golden altar had to be lit. The showbread, every week on Shabbat, they had to eat the 12 loaves of bread and bake another 12 loaves of bread. So every day they were doing this work, work in the high priest every year, but they did it standing. There wasn't a chair. If you go back and look at all the, uh, the, the furnishings that the Lord instructed Moses to build when he built the tabernacle, the Lord didn't say, put a chair. No chair. High chair, low chair, it doesn't matter. No chairs. You know, growing up in church, I always had this problem with chairs on the pulpit. I mean, you don't want to worship with us, uh, you know, pastor, preacher, Baptist, or whatever you are, bishop. You know, it's like they're exalted, you know, like you're special. You get to sit up there. And then you go to the TV evangelists, they got golden chairs. <laughs> you know, it's like, whoa, where can I get those chairs? Don't want it. Anyhow, <laughs> you know why they didn't sit? Because they had to work. There was no time for them to sit. Especially the high priest, when he went to the Holy of Holies, he feared for his life. We're talking months leading up to the Day of Atonement. He knew he has to go in there, but he had to be pure himself. Before he went to the Holy of Holies, and he, he wanted to do it not sloppy. He wanted to do it, I'm just going to do what God wants me to do, and I'm out. No time to sit. That's the high priest. But, look at verse 12. But this man, that's Jesus Christ, 100% man, 100% God, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. He's in the heavenly tabernacle, in the heavenly holy of holies, and now he is seated. Why is Jesus seated? Because the work of salvation, the atonement for sins, is, is once done, once completed, once and for all, not to be repeated. It's done. What did Jesus say on the cross in John chapter 19, verse 30? Jesus says, it is finished. He didn't say, okay, take it from here, guys. I got us this far. Yeah, I'm nailed. I'm about to give up my spirit to the, to the Father, and I'm going to say it's finished. Once I say that, you go. You take it from here. It's completed. It is finished. And it's sad that there are religions and religious people who want to add to that. And I think that's an offense to the work of God. That's an offense to the cross to say, well, Jesus, what you did wasn't sufficient. It wasn't enough. Just like the animals in the Old Testament. We need to do it every year. We need to add to it. The work of salvation is done once and for all. With the sacrifice, it was work, work, work. Every year, every day, work, work, work. With the work of the cross, Jesus Christ, it's rest, rest, rest. It is finished. He is seated. That's why we can rest. We can rest. Why we can rest? Because we stand before God righteous because not what we've done, but because what Jesus has done on the cross. 
And so many Christians and people are not resting. They're consumed by the life they're living, by the sins they're committing, because there's no rest. But we need to leave it at the cross. It is finished. Telestai. You don't have to do anything. I've done it all. Just believe and follow. Very simple. Verse 13, he says, For that time, waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. From that time until, and that's speaking, it's a rest. It's a work that's been done. God is sanctifying his people. He's going to keep doing until his second coming. This is appointed to the second coming Armageddon. And it's, uh, it's a time that's going to take place after the church is completed. There's only one prophecy we need to be fulfilled, and that's the completion of the Gentiles. That's the only end-time prophecy we need to be fulfilled in order for the rapture, in order for the great rip tribulation, which would take place here seven years, while there's a seven-year honeymoon, if you will, because no longer the church is the church. The church is now the bride. If you've been with us in our study of the book of Revelation, you'll see. And then there's Armageddon. He's gonna, they're going to be supposed to. And this is actually a messianic psalm uh, from Psalms 110, verse 1. Psalm 110, verse 1. It says this. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord, now this is important. The Lord said to my Lord. The Lord God said to my Lord. God the Father said to the Son. So this here proves that Jesus Christ is God. The Father is God. The Holy Spirit is God. Until we sit in my right hand, till I make your enemies your footstool. Verse 14, he goes on to say, For by one offering he has perfected temporarily, no, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Those who are being sanctified. That's you, that's me, that's every believer who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ, have been set apart from the world. And now following God, by one offering, once and for all, offering that he had made, made us perfect. You're perfect. If you repented and accepted Christ as a person, a savior, you're perfect. That's what the scripture said. You may say, Eddie, me, perfect. Yeah, you're perfect. Do you know the person sitting next to me? No elbow ministry, please. Do you know who I look in the mirror all the time? I'm not perfect. In Christ's eyes, you're perfect. This is not a motivational speaking. Just allow me to give some time here. But when we're in Christ, a lot of things take place. You're made perfect. You're being sanctified. You're complete. And you're holy. That's what the Bible tells us. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 48, he said, therefore, you shall be perfect. At the time Jesus said this, he has not went to the cross and risen. Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your father in heaven is perfect. Wow. God is perfect. And I look at my perfect. Jesus, I need help with this. <laughs> Colossians chapter 2. Not only are you perfect, you're complete. Once you surrender your life to Christ, you have no need. All you need is Jesus. Colossians chapter 2 verse 10, it says, and you are complete in yourself in him. You're complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. So you're perfect, you're complete, and you're holy. First Peter chapter 1, verse 15 to 16, Peter writes this, but as he who calls you is holy, you also be holy in your conduct. Because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. Now you may say, Pastor Reddy, that is hard. That's a tall order to fill. Me being holy, do you know who I am? Yes. 
God knows. That's all that matters. It's not hard. It's not a tall order. It's impossible. In and of yourself, yes, apart from Christ, you are not perfect. You're not complete and you're not holy. But let's put this in perspective. You are perfect, complete, and holy positionally because who you are in Christ. Practically, we're a bunch of messed up people. <laughs> we're wretched. And you look in the mirror, you, you, you know what you've done. You know the Holy Spirit. If, if, you, if the Holy Spirit is in you, you bring conviction. You know, I just spoke to someone. And so, you know, I just feel, well, that's great. You, you feel the Holy Spirit bringing conviction. That's great. That's a good sign. It'll be a problem if you wouldn't even feel bad for what you've done. But you feel convicted. That's good. It's healthy for a Christian to be convicted, not condemnation. That's the enemy. There's now therefore no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. But when you're in Christ Jesus, the Holy Spirit, what does? he convicts you. He says, you know what, Eddie, you messed up here. You, you need to repent. You need to, you need to ask for forgiveness. And that's what it's all about. So positionally, you are perfect. Why? Because of you? <laughs> By far. Because of Jesus, you are perfect. Look at verse 15. But the Holy Spirit also witnessed to us. For after he has said before, now he's going to quote Jeremiah, as he did when we studied chapter 8. He quoted Jeremiah, actually a good portion of this prophecy. And in verses 16 through 18, he quotes, and he says in verse 16, he's quoting Jeremiah 31, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days. God said, I'm making a new covenant. The old covenant is only temporary. Says the Lord, I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds. I will write them. Then he adds, their sins... And their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. Verse 18, now where there is remission of these, there is no longer an offering for sin. I don't know about you, but that blows me away. That blows me away. And we're going to wrap this all up with a little bow on top of it. And I think this is great, this whole passage. Because this is amazing. For you see, because of Jesus Christ, we are perfect. Why? Because of the ultimate sacrifice. We've been forgiven of our sins once and for all. That's it. It is done. We don't have to go to the cross every year. We don't have to go uh, repeat the Lord, forgive me. You know, I repent. I want to be born again. No, it's a one-time deal. Now, can you walk away from it? Absolutely. Once saved, always saved. You know my view on that. Nice cliche, but it's not biblical. But it's done. The work of the cross. We have been forgiven We don't need to go to the cross over and over again. Our sins, when we come to Christ, has been forgiven. We have repented our sins that we've committed in the past. The sins we commit now, the sins we're going to commit tomorrow, all forgiven. I'm going to read 1 John chapter 1, but I think it's important for we understand that when we ask God for forgiveness, he forgives us. In 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 and 9, John writes this, he's writing to believers. He said, if we say that we have no sin, he's speaking to Christians. Yes, we're saved, but we still mess up, don't we? Remember practically. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. You're lying. <laughs> Pretty much that's what he's saying. You're not, the truth not in you. If we confess our sins, verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful. Faithful. And just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I love that. What does that mean? 
that as a child of God, when you blow it, don't ever hesitate to come to the throne of God. We can boldly, because of Jesus Christ, we can boldly go to the throne of grace and we can ask for forgiveness. And knowing that he's going to forgive us because he is faithful to forgive you. People may not forgive you, but he is faithful to forgive you. He is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. And he removes the sin. I love what Psalm 103 verse 12 says, as far as the east from the west, Psalms 103 verse 12. The psalmist writes this, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. That's it. But you would say, Eddie, you don't know what sin or sins I've committed. You're right. I don't know. God knows. And God will forgive you of your sins. There isn't a sin that God cannot forgive. The blood of Jesus Christ is powerful. And there are people who've been holding this guilt in their conscience, thinking that God can never forgive me for this sin. Yes, God can. But you know, it doesn't matter. God forgives all sins. Every sin, God forgives. They are murderers who before they met Jesus, in jail right now during life, but they have found Jesus. They repented of sin. And though the justice system makes two, but they are forgiven. And guess what? A murderer right now in death row who have repented and has changed his life for Jesus Christ, he is what? He is perfect. He is complete. He is holy. Because the blood of Jesus Christ is powerful. It transforms. The forgiveness, we don't know what forgiveness is. We always ask people for forgiveness. And some people think it's a process. No, it's not a process. With God, it's a transformation. Because as soon as you ask for forgiveness, you're forgiven. And as far as the east is from the west, there's only one sin. And pay attention because this is important. (laughs) There's only one sin that God cannot forgive. And people say, oh, did you commit the unpardonable sin? Did you know this? No. What is it? You know what's the unpardonable sin? Is rejecting Jesus Christ. Because how can your sins be forgiven if you reject the one that could forgive you for those sins? There's only one who could forgive you for any and all sins. It's Jesus Christ. But if you reject him, how can your sins be washed away? Very simple. I can't believe how simple it is. The cross, yes, is difficult. I don't think we can wrap our mind around God, his love, and his, the work of the cross. I, you never get, I never get tired of the work of the cross. His love, his amazing grace. I never get tired. It blows me away every day. And we understand how powerful it is that it changes people's lives. So he forgives your sins, all the sins. Don't, ever, don't hold anything. If you're holding something and thinking, and, and listen, this is important too, because you may say, well, I may not forgive myself. It doesn't matter if you don't forgive yourself, because you can't forgive yourself. You can't pay for your own sins. What matters is what God forgives you. I've heard that say, said one time, I was sharing the gospel to a woman, and said, but I can't, I don't forgive myself. It doesn't matter, it's what God forgives, because he's the one that gives eternal life. You can't give yourself eternal life. I can never forgive. That's okay, go to God. And you'll be set free. And then you don't have to worry about, people may remember your sins. You may remember your sins. The enemy may remind you of your sins. You remember what you did? Yeah, but God doesn't remember why you're remembering it. And as long as he doesn't remember, he's the one I got to answer to. He's the one that gives me eternal life. He's the one that died for me on the cross. What does it matter? He forgives all sin. Here's the second thing. He removes the sin once and for all, any sin, all sin, right? And he doesn't remember them. 
That blows me away. He forgives all my sins, any sins, and he doesn't remember them. He doesn't remember your sin. There's a biblical truth. Look at verse 17 again. Look at it, 17. And he's quoting from Jeremiah 31. He said, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now when you think the awesomeness of God, the attributes of God, God doesn't have amnesia. And you say, well, there's some things that God can do anything. There's some things he can't do, and he can't remember your sins. But I want you to, with that said, it's not that he can't. It's against his nature, and he won't do it. That's what it means he can't. He won't do it. So when the world reminds you of your sin, the enemy, like, I don't know if you heard that saying. When Satan reminds you of your sin, you remind him of his future. <laughs> One day and very soon, he'll be done away with. But this is the work of the cross once and for all. That when we come to the cross, it is finished. Tetelestai. It is not working. He's done the work. He is our rest. He is our Sabbath. We rest because we've been set free. Our conscience. How can you be so happy? Because I am set free. My sins are forgiven and I stand before God righteous because of his son, Jesus Christ. Because he... For his blood, he made the sacrifice. He died for me. He paid for my sins. And when he pays for sins, all it is good. Because not only he forgives all your sins, but he doesn't remember them, so I'm good. Amen? That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the power of the blood. That is the power of his sacrifice. So when we look to the cross, it's not, okay, it's a nice little cross. We see it in the graves. We see it on, on our charm. We see it on our lawn and our dashboard of our car. The cross is the powerful symbol of being set free and having eternal rest, being perfect, being complete, being holy because of Jesus Christ. Aren't we grateful we don't have to sacrifice lambs? Aren't you grateful that you can stand before God, righteous and holy, not because of what you've done or what you do, but because of the work of Jesus Christ once and for all, never have to be repeated. It's amazing. Is God saying, Jesus saying, listen, I've done the work. You believe in me and follow after me. I'll take all your sins and I give you eternal life. It's a win-win. You take all my sins and you give me eternal life. What do you get out of it? You, you, because I love you. I don't know what that means to you, but it means a lot to me. Saints, we're living in a world today and forgetting about Jesus. People are dying. Christians are walking away. No one's taking the word of God, the cross, seriously. But you be serious. Because he was seriously, serious enough to leave his throne in glory and die on the cross for you. Amen. Thanks for listening to Running the Race Radio with Pastor Eddie. Pastor Eddie is leading us through a study of Hebrews. The series is called Jesus is Better. And you might be getting a clearer picture of the supremacy of Christ. Jesus represented everything in the Old Testament and fulfilled it so wonderfully. Maybe as you're listening today, you're just now realizing all the different ways that Jesus proved to be the Messiah, to be the one that had been promised and prophesied about. Through these scriptures, you're coming to a better understanding of the love, the grace, the sacrifice that Jesus was willing to be for you. It's humbling, isn't it? May these teachings continue to bring you closer to the Lord as you see His heart for you. Running the Race Radio is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel of Milford. 
If you're in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area, look us up right now. Head on over to runningtheraceradio.com. Once more, that's runningtheraceradio.com. When you get there, click back to the homepage for more information about the church, including directions and service times. We'd love to invite you to come and join us on Sunday mornings. And for those of you who live further away, we're delighted to let you know that on the same website, you can find many other messages from Pastor Eddie. That's at runningtheraceradio.com. Well, thanks for joining us today. We've come to the end of our time together. We will be back again next time, right here on Running the Race. See you then.